Hi, and welcome to Pentecost Today's podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined with uh, Alicia Hartle, the Executive Director. Alicia, welcome. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. Welcome to all of you who are joining us. We are humbled to be together again today, and we have a really, really beautiful uh, announcement to make and guests to help us make that announcement today, so we're excited to be here. As always, we want to open in prayer, and so if you'll join us as we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Come, Lord Jesus, breathe on us now. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaiming, Lord, you are God over the heavens and the earth. Jesus, you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And Lord Jesus, even now, as we come together, Lord, to make an announcement, even more to share this invitation, Lord, that is so precious. Lord, we ask in your name, Jesus, that you would send your spirit to fall afresh on every single person who is present with us now. Lord, even as we come together during this time, we do ask in your name, Lord Jesus, for an upper room experience, that there would be a taste, Lord, of heaven, an experience of Pentecost made manifest, Lord, even through this episode, and Lord, as we go out from participating in this time together, Lord Jesus, we give you all glory and honor and praise as we pray all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fantastic. And as always, we kind of um, try to read a little bit from the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is the International Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services Doctrinal Commission. They've put this out. This is sort of the guidance that pushes everything out. And everyone, you know, if you don't have a copy of this, I recommend you get a copy of this if you're interested in learning more about what are the foundations upon which the movement is built? I recommend you go out and get a copy of this. But very briefly, I will read uh, from this, and I think this is kind of very apropos to the announcement. Well, the announcement's already essentially been made, but that we're going to build upon and then welcome our guest who's going to kind of elaborate on, on what we're trying to accomplish over the next nine years. So to begin, as the book notes, the origin and growth of the Catholic charismatic renewal have occurred at a time in history when the church is facing unprecedented challenges due to rapid secularization. As Pope John Paul II noted, even in countries evangelized many centuries ago, the reality of a Christian society, which amid all the frailties which have always marked human life, measured itself explicitly on gospel values is now gone. So again, this is a very uh, apropos for what we're going to talk about the you know the nine-year novena. So we're going to introduce our guest here in a second. But uh, as they note, and as everyone around you sees, that the secularization is key. A lot of you know so-called Christian nations do not live what the vision was two thousand years mm-hmm. ago of what a Christian nation would look like. Mm-hmm. So, kind of your thoughts now. We'll, we'll turn it over. We do just just as we heard from that that quote from Pope John Paul II. There's been an incredible realization of uh, Christian society, Christendom, uh, being secularized. And we see that in a thousand ways every day. Um, and it's, there's a rapid acceleration of that secularization. But we also see this coming of the kingdom of heaven, this hunger and thirst 
in the world that is extraordinary. And um, into that, we really saw kind of the birthing and the first fruits of a new and ongoing Pentecost as far back as January 1st, 1901, within 24 hours of Pope Leo XIII praying for uh, a new and ongoing Pentecost. And so so we really, we celebrate um, how the Lord is inviting us to take hold of the kingdom of heaven at this time. And today we're, we're going to be doing that in a very special way. We invited Ron Riggins, who is the chairman of the National Service Committee of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal of the U.S., which is now called Pentecost Today USA. Ron Riggins joins us um, from Virginia, and he is... Um, He is doing extraordinary work, not only in the renewal, but in the church. He serves on the board of Franciscan University, on the board of the Ark and the Dove. He has served um, with the Unbound Ministry, as well as with Catholic Charities in Virginia. And so, uh, Ron, we want to hear from you. We want those participating to hear some of your background, uh, how the Lord really drew you into an experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then we'd love to make the announcement uh, a little later after after those listening get to know you a little bit. So, Ron, welcome. Uh, thank you, Alicia, and thank you, Steve. Uh, great blessing to be with you all today, and uh, just to share um, my excitement about what Pentecost Today USA is doing, and, and just, you know, my background. Uh, you know, th- this is the last thing I ever imagined that I would be doing. I, I was raised uh, Presbyterian, but then fell away from the church because of scandals and Presbyterian church and because of college professors and, and, and what they were professing. And, and uh, you know, it, it was such a great blessing to be able to meet my wife, who was a cradle Catholic uh, in college. And uh, I agreed uh, when we got married that we would raise the kids Catholic. But the last thing that I imagined is that I would ever um, uh, convert and I was very focused on, on my career, uh, my banking career. I was very worldly. I was looking to have all kinds of material possessions, vacations, et cetera. But then the Lord got me. It was, it, not only was it through some catechesis of the kids uh, in, in their Catholic school studies, but there, there was a growing emptiness of, of trying to become uh, of the world and and be satisfied with the world and material possessions. And it was on the morning of September 11th, 2001. I was in my 22nd floor office in Roslyn, Virginia. That's Arlington. I was overlooking uh, the Pentagon with a ball of fire and smoke rising out of the Pentagon. And that moment was a, a moment of conversion where the Lord was calling me back into relationship with him and uh, i i realized at that moment that my life was on this path of destruction just like what i was seeing at the pentagon and so that i began this period of 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 conversion of my heart and and of my mind i i entered rcia and as a as i was going through rcia i was also going to a charismatic prayer group with my wife and and but but it was that moment of encountering the lord from my 22nd floor office uh, on 9 11 where i encountered the love of god being poured into my heart 
and that was that was the moment for me of, of the beginning of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And some some people have a a moment where it happens, mm-hmm. and then some people will also ex- continue to experience that uh, as, as they're they're being formed in their hearts and their mind. And that that's what I was encountering over uh, the, this next year. And then doors began to open uh, within the church in different ways to to be able to use gifts that I had in in this secular world uh, for the building up of the church. Um, and as I began to um, go through this period of of, of conversion and, and this period of, of encountering the Holy Spirit in a new way, um, I found myself being called in to the, the National Service Committee, first to serve on the, on the council, and then to begin to serve uh, on the board. I, I felt so unworthy being elected to those positions. I felt like uh, I, I didn't deserve it. I hadn't written a book about the Holy Spirit. I had not spoken nationally, um, and I had not had leaderships uh, in uh, the renewal in, in various fashions. So suddenly to be called into this just seemed to be um, – a moment of unworthiness and and yet um knowing that the holy spirit must have something in mind and he did <laughs> it's been been a wild ride and uh a, a great blessing and uh you know we always think about the the moment of metanoia uh, and how we are, are just radically changed and i just thank the lord for him point his love into my heart. It's so beautiful, Ron. And, you know, I, I don't know if many of those joining us are aware of this, but just the extraordinary offering of, Lord, I give you everything, and then seeing the Lord use what you had learned and received and all the, all the expertise in the secular world being used for all of the the graces of the transition, the relocation, the rebranding, uh, a time of new leadership for the National Service Committee, now Pentecost Today USA, but also mighty works. Um, Ron was actually instrumental in uh, discerning and then moving into the purchase of the Ark and the Dove. So when our, our board was discerning, is this something the Lord is calling us to, Ron was there and able to really be a guide and to help facilitate not only the purchase of the Ark and the Dove, but the launch of a brand new organization that would serve the worldwide renewal. So, Ron, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I, I love the that picture and that moment on 9-11, which was so traumatic for so many, and to see how the Lord brings glory out of what what was traumatic and what could have been something that, um, yeah, that that was in the world's eyes and in the secular world, with, apart from the Lord, it is only disaster. Um, so glory to God for that metanoia moment. Amen. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is, is full of surprises. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not looking for the Lord at the moment that... Uh, I watched this ball and fire uh, coming out of the Pentagon, and mm-hmm. I w- was not looking to serve on 
the National Service Committee at the moment that I that I was elected. And yet, every time um, when we are surprised by the Holy Spirit, He's equipping us for for the mission that is in front of us, mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to fulfill not only who He created me to be, but to uh, to build up the kingdom and to draw others into relationship. And there are so many that have related to to my story because they have been away from the church, they were away from the Lord, and they, they it, there's great hope in realizing that the Holy Spirit can break into our lives within an instant and, and, and change our lives and, and to, uh, to bless others in so many different ways. So glory to God for that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, Ron, you, you've served on multiple boards. Let me ask you a question. What what do you, like, how do you, you had a, an aha moment. Your aha moment was September 11th. You serve on these right. boards and you get involved with a lot of organizations. What are some ways for folks that don't have that aha moment? How are you working with them to try and bring them closer? You know, it, 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 great question, Steve. Uh, you know, for, first, um, I was surprised when I entered the church and began to be called by different organizations to join their boards, that the the Lord wanted to use the secular gifts that I had to be able to build the kingdom. Now, after I had you know, gone through this conversion moment, I wanted to talk about Jesus, and yet people are asking me, well, can you help us do budgeting, and can you help us do fundraising and strategic planning? and and um, it, it took me a little bit to truly understand that there were two ways that he wanted to use me and use the gifts that he'd given me. One was in those areas, those uh, sort of secular gifts, and but use them for the building up of these organizations. But the other way was through serving on those boards and proclaiming Jesus as Lord and praying for the Holy Spirit to guide us. And um, so, so there was uh, an, an anointing in using those secular gifts and uh, the, inviting others into uh, encountering the Holy Spirit uh, if they weren't already baptized in the Holy Spirit, to, to open themselves up to the spiritual gifts, uh, to using the charisms for the building of the kingdom along with all their other gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Steve, even that um, that question that you just asked, what I think is kind of amazing, as you get to know Ron Riggins, you begin to see not only is there that kind of high-level leadership, but also, Ron, how, for how long did you lead RCIA at your parish? How many years? So I, I was on the team immediately after entering the church and then within four years i was appointed to lead rcia so uh, so i was on the team for 19 years uh, but led it for 15 and uh, i never felt (laughs) again did not feel qualified uh, from a perhaps a a theological perspective, not having advanced degrees in theology and catechesis, et cetera. But, but the, the Holy Spirit um, wanted 
to use my personal witness in order to lead others into the church. And I, I, I've lost count how many have entered the church over that 19-year period, but uh, I, th I think it's close to 300 people that have become Catholic as a, as a result of uh, entering uh, RCI. It's probably a higher number than that. But um, now, now, Ron, before we jump in, we're going to talk about, obviously, the, the nine-year novena and Holy Spirit 2033, but I want to kind of ask one kind of final question on this theme. Having led RCIA, and, and I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you, I, I, I don't have advanced degrees either, but at the same time, I don't think that the, the faith is supposed to be that complicated. I, I just don't. I, I think that we maybe overthink things at times, but, you know, but I think a competent Catholic should be able to know the, the, the basics of their faith and be able to teach it. If you can't, you know, I, I, I would say, well, what do you know about your faith? Why do you even believe it if you don't understand at least the basic principles? So I, I kind of feel that like we don't necessarily need that. But with that being said, you had an aha moment that brought you back home. How did you incorporate your aha moment when you were working with other people to, to give them this baptism in the Holy Spirit versus just going through the motions of RCIA? Great question. And people learn through witness first, to see who we were, to, to see the encounter that we had, and then who we became afterwards. And so, so leading others, either through RCIA to, to become Catholic or leading them um, to encounter baptism in the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's in effect the same thing. We're sharing our witness. And, and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and changing our lives and, and becoming who God created us to be. So it begins with witness. And uh, it, once people are, are on fire and they realize that they can change and they can become more holy, uh, they, they can become who God created them to be. Once they begin to sense that, then their hearts are open to learn. Uh, the, the catechism and, and, and scripture and the tradition of the church uh, because uh, uh, we, we've stimulated their heart. Uh, and, and so it begins with witness and the other can be learned. And, and I, um, so I just love to share my faith. I've told my story so many times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even begin to count. Um, but I, it, it is, the tool that is so essential in leading others to encounter the love of God. And in many respects, RCIA is like a long life in the spirit seminar. We're leading them to encounter the love of God yeah. and, and to know uh, him in an intimate way and to uh, receive those gifts of the spirit uh, at, at the time of confirmation not only the Isaiah gifts, but the charismatic gifts. Mm. Beautiful. We, Ron, we are um, just seeing, and, and you can testi testify to this, we are seeing not only in the world um, this hunger and thirst for the Lord that is unlike anything we've seen before, even in the face of rapid secularization, 
Um, but also, even as, as all of all that we are seeing in the world, even in the church, um, at times, there's a beautiful movement of the Holy Spirit that birthed us taking hold of a new mission. So as we as we share the launch of Holy Spirit 2033, a nine-year novena, can you share some of what took place leading up to taking hold of a new mission and what that new mission is? Oh, yes. And, and it even began a few years ago. Um, when uh, when I was elected as chairman of then the National Service Committee, I, I had a very strong sense that we needed to work on, on unity uh, within the renewal so that we could become more effective. And that uh, when we worked in unity, we would be far more effective in bringing baptism of the Holy Spirit to, to the church. And then to the world, and and uh, the, but there was also this sense that we needed to be passing on this grace to future generations, and that we needed to be far more intentional about that. And uh, I, I felt like the renewal had become very comfortable, and and uh, but we weren't attracting younger people and in, into this current of grace, and. So that was that was already the the, the sense, uh, and in effect, my platform and be, being elected chairman. Right after that, Pope Francis uh, announced that uh, yeah, the, the, this CARES initiative and the bringing of the renewal into the the heart of the church and to uh, build up the church and, and by spreading baptism in the Holy Spirit and. So that that was dovetailing this, this vision that we had um, for the National Service Committee, and that just uh, Kiris gave us some words to be able to bring baptism, Holy Spirit, to the heart of the church, build unity in in the body of, of Christ, and and to serve the poor corporally and and spiritually. So there is this new momentum that that we had, and. Uh, yeah, we felt like we were being led by the Holy Spirit um, to to transform who the National Service Committee was, and we needed a a, a name that was um, an action action oriented name that would inspire people, and and so we embraced this name, Pentecost Today USA, Pentecost the moment of baptism the Holy Spirit and being gifted with the charisms, the use of charisms in, in, in the church. Today, that urgency that we, uh, this isn't some future event, we needed to be doing that today, and USA be in our mission field. And, and so, it, and also um, with Walter Matthews retiring, we felt like we needed um, new young leadership and new leadership. Uh, praise God uh, that the Holy Spirit brought you to us. Uh, and um, but we also felt that we were in uh, a location in, in Central Virginia where it was not easily accessible to other renewal organizations, a, a renewal population, and 
since the Ark and the Dove had already been purchased, we felt like we needed to um, to relocate to Pittsburgh, and that's where you lived. And and um, blessedly, we were able to relocate to the Ark and the Dove, and um, so. To, to be able to work in holy collaboration with the Ark and the Dove and other renewal organizations um, to fulfill this vision and mission that we had uh, and and that was fully supported by the church. So it, it, there was this, this excitement of, of what was taking place uh, at the very time when we're seeing people leaving the church, we see the, the impact of the pandemic um, the you know, the young people not um, losing their faith and, and not serving in the church and and uh, so it, it was in the face of this darkness that we had this new light mm. and, and just very exciting time for um, for launching the new name the new location the new leadership our, our new vision and mission. And uh, and then we were, we're at a point where we began to realize we were also thinking too small. And that's when we began to dream. And as, as we began to dream with this um, new, new organization in, in, in place, um, a new branding, new mission, new vision, um, we began to focus on 2033 and, and what we were going to uh, do at this moment. Uh, and, and there are a lot of other organizations out there that uh, have some type of 2033 initiative. And much of it was very much focused on, on Christ uh, and, uh, and, and, and the second coming and, and an encounter with Christ. But we have this commission from the church to bring baptism of the Holy Spirit to the whole church. And so as, as we begin to look at this, um, celebrating 2,000 years, um, we had the sense that we were being called uh, to really intentionally focus on the, 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 this initiative over this next few years. And then amazingly, as we focused on it, we realized we had essentially nine years. And that's where the whole novena concept came into place. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us to that. Now, Ron, this is not done in a vacuum. I think a lot of people that are listening would probably appreciate to know that there are clergy, religious, etc. You know, different bishops, priests that are they're involved in this. You know, this whole planning and this whole effort. But does this does this you know coincide with anything the that the church is formally doing, or is this independent? But at the same time, we're working very closely with with uh, you know clergy of the church. Great question. Great question. And and you know, Steve, I would say it's even broader than that. Um, we uh, there, there's many organizations out there looking to uh, or already have in place some type of um, vision and initiative and, and calls to action uh, as, as we approach 2033. Uh, 
for um, for us uh, as we begin to focus on this novena uh, in, in, in this nine-year period, we've looked at it from three different aspects. And some of this follows uh, what is in the Kara statutes. Uh, the first part of the uh, Kara statutes focuses on bringing the renewal together. It's highly fractured over time. And uh, we are far more effective when we're able to be working together in, in holy collaboration. And so our first focus is to work with ministries and, and prayer groups and, and individuals um, who have already been baptized in the Holy Spirit to, to renew them, to refresh them, to inspire them. To, to work together and, and to begin to plan initiatives. And, um, and once we're uh, working in collaboration, then we're really able to work with the clergy, uh, with, work with, uh, with bishops and priests and deacons and, and, and also the uh, religious uh, in order to begin renewing the church. And then uh, with that renewal of the church, the, the numbers will have multiplied who will have encountered baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they'll be using their charisms to go out into the world. So um, there's this um, uh, effort over this nine-year period to work with many. And, and so it's just not a, a Pentecost Today USA initiative. It's just not a Pentecost Today novena. It's a novena for, for all. And uh, and so from 2024 to 2026, we will be working on initiatives uh, to renew the renewal and to build unity within the renewal to, uh, for holy collaboration. The next three years, 2027 to 29, we'll be working within the church to bring baptism, Holy Spirit to the church, and to use the charisms uh, more fully within the church. And then the next three years, uh, we will be focusing on uh, renewing the world. And you know, we've, we've been talking about secularism, and uh, this is our plan to begin to reverse the impact uh, of, of secularism, but we have to work together in the renewal, and we have to work together with the church in order to be uh, very effective. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Ron, it's it's so beautiful that you share how broad this invitation is. Um, I think there's there's something so beautiful, and I, I know it's it's our prayer that the nine year novena will be like a match striking a new and ongoing Pentecost in the hearts and minds and lives of every person who has ever received the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the entire renewal, formal, informal, um, whether someone has walked in that grace or not, that there would be a renewal of what was first received, that first encounter with the living God, that first experience of of the Holy Spirit. And then that that, then lighting a fire in the church which then lights a fire in the world. Just that picture of each of the three phases um, really moving toward the grace of 
the 2000th anniversary of Pentecost in 2033, like this glorious pilgrimage. But it does, to Steve's question, just it really does start with um, a response to the Karis Commission. So that 2019 commission that Ron shared with us about Pope Francis saying, this is what I expect of you, not only you renewal leaders who are gathered here in Rome, but this is what I expect of every single person who has ever received this grace. Bring baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church, build unity in the body of Christ, and serve the poor, which each one of those parts of the Caris Commission really points back to the Moline documents, so the first ever pastoral theological documents. So there's this beautiful grace, even in how the nine-year novena takes hold of the Caris Commission. Um, and we we had it when we first adopted, so we first adopted this Caris Commission, we, we began serving renewal leaders, but then those who had received the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And through those survey responses, we started seeing incredible uh, graces of those responding and saying, this is how I see the Lord inviting us to bring baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church. So a lot of the nine-year novena is really uh, engaging those ideas and that inspiration, which one of the absolute, I guess, the top two, top two responses were, number one, invite priest, deacon, and bishop support and involvement, to your point, Steve. And then number two was refocus on baptism in the Holy Spirit. So pretty beautiful and clear path forward, even as we began praying about the nine-year novena. Yes, and you know what? One of the beauties of this novena is that it—it's it, not just a prayer; it is—it's a, a call to action. And what we are envisioning is, and we are already seeing it uh, uh, as, as more and more people are learning about this novena. They want to be part of it, and and they are proposing different ways to begin to bring about baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and different ways of collaborating. And, and so we, we've seen that, uh, that there's a strike of the match and, and uh, uh, that there is a building fire, which, which is just very, very exciting because Pentecost Today USA can't do this on its own, and, and that's not the proposal. The proposal is that we are working together with prayer groups and renewal offices and covenant communities and ministries and and, and the clergy and, uh, and uh, in, in so many different ways uh, at, at the parish level the diocesan level uh, and and then uh, on a regional basis uh, with religious and seminaries and and so there's there so many different ways that we can begin to bring about baptism of the Holy Spirit to the whole church and then to the larger goal to the world. And um, so there is such a need uh, for this. And we all see what's happening every day. There's just news that uh, we could easily become overwhelmed with the news but you know, we, we always reflect on that candle that is lit at the Easter vigil. And that one candle, the Easter candle is, is lit, and you can see 
throughout the church, just without one candle that is lit. And so we see this fire in the darkness uh, that that is just going to uh, eliminate the darkness. Ron, there is. This is also not something that is, um, to your point, not well thought out. And uh, you know, part of the planning, you know, you represent this whole process with kind of like this, you know, the, the fruit, of the, the tree and the roots being the intercession and then discerning, okay, what do we do? You know, and that was part of the survey uh, portion. And then coming together with the fellowship and the unity. Uh, and this is part of the, you know, putting these groups together, these prayer groups, these renewal groups, et cetera. And then turning that into action and ultimately becomes fruit when the fruit being, you know, this renewal in the church and ultimately in the world. If people are listening and they're going, okay, this sounds great. And it's, you know, we, we get people all over the world listening. And I do want to say this very quickly, though. I want to thank everyone that is spending time with us. We do appreciate it. We hope you're getting something out of this. And we hope that the message is bringing you closer. If you're here, you're listening for a reason. And we want to thank you. We know where you're trying to get to. And we're all trying to get there. So thank you. But with that being said, if you're listening, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking is, okay, this sounds good, but what do I do? How do I get involved in this? And it's it's not just about, you know, it might be the, the simple logistics of it are, hey, just go out to the website, you know, sign up for a committee, get involved. But Ron, talk to me, how do people get and like really get involved in making this, you know, either either they're on the, I think I've been baptized and I want to do more with it, or I want to know what these people are about. How do I become part of that? So how does how does this thing actually get to, you know, from just thinking about it, planning and praying to actually having fruits of all of this effort? Uh, yeah, great question, Steve. And, and, and first, I, I want to point to the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that is opening the doors. The Holy Spirit is the one that is, is the unifier, the, the one that helps us build relationships with one another. And so we don't want to have the, the nine years scripted out uh, because we believe that the Holy Spirit is dynamic and, and will continue to bring others into this grace in ways that we could not possibly imagine. And we would wind up uh, elim- <laughs> eliminating of what the Holy Spirit might want to do if, if we just go with our plan. So, so the, the, the first thing is we have to be open to how the Holy Spirit will be leading us in, uh, in terms of our focuses on each of these nine years. And when I talk about the focuses of each of the nine years, um, the focus of year one does not end when we begin year two. It, it is a continual process. It's, it, it's an ongoing Pentecost. Um, but uh, towards the, to answer your question, um, we're relying on the Holy Spirit to help us build relationships. And so in, in that regard, we are assembling uh, different ways for, for, uh, for people to connect and, and based on their, uh, their particular charisms. And so, uh, so for example, we've, we've talked about clergy, but we'll, we want to have clergy groups and that they will be connecting with others. So we intend to have, and we've already begun, uh, a, a number of these groups where dialogue has begun 
in terms of uh, how we will uh, begin to uh, fellowship together and then uh, begin to work together so that uh, we, we are, in a sense, bringing different realities in the renewal together. So um, it, it might be prayer groups working with communities. It might be clergy uh, that are working with prayer groups, et cetera. Uh, so w- we will begin to uh, introduce that. and then we will have we have signups uh, on our website to begin to participate uh, in in these particular fellowships. You know, I yeah, it's glorious to see already how people are excited about taking hold of the nine-year novena. It doesn't start until Pentecost 2024, but people are so ready. They're like, yes, you know, this posture of prayer is what we need because it lifts our eyes away from the darkness in the world, our own personal struggles, and it places our gaze on the Lord. And just as, Ron, as you shared, we look to the Holy Spirit as our conductor, as the one who is moving us throughout this nine-year novena. And, you know, it's it's funny. Some people have said, nine-year novena, nine-day novena can be a struggle. But I just want to share this with all who are listening and saying, that could be a struggle for me. Regardless of where you are, even if you've never even heard of a nine-year novena or let alone a novena, this is something that will be easy to say yes to praying every day same time every day for nine years if you forget don't worry about it but i want to share with you a story so i've been meeting with we've been meeting with a lot of our pastoral and theological consultants many who were there in the earliest days of the renewal and so they're they've been sharing wisdom vision asking great questions as as our team has been really discerning and developing the nine-year novena And one of my most recent meetings was with John Boucher. He and his wife were co-authors of one of the first Life in the Spirit manuals. And and to begin our conversation, he just said, Alicia, when I received Pentecost Today magazine and and saw the whole full outline for the nine-year novena, he said, I just started laughing because immediately after a 2014 national leaders meeting, which was put on by our organization, Uh, he said, I didn't know why, but I just felt this invitation to begin praying a novena to the Holy Spirit. And he said it was so mysterious, but I just felt this deep conviction to obey. I didn't know what the fruit of it would be, but I was just obedient. And he said, and so I just kept praying this novena. And he said, and I didn't stop. So from 2014 until spring of this year, he prayed this novena every single day. And he said, I, I couldn't help but laugh and say, wow, just, and I, I'm, at, even as I'm talking with him, I'm saying, you know, John, that's incredible because we were receiving the vision and discerning and developing this nine-year novena just as you concluded your nine-year novena. And, and so... And so um, one of the words he was, he was sharing, he said, I just want to encourage anyone who says, yes, the Lord is calling me to this. Know that it is mysterious. Know that it will bear fruit beyond anything you could ever imagine. So that's just the prayer itself. And then the prayer and the fellowship that Ron was just describing, 
for clergy, for religious, for seminary formators, for those serving dioceses or parishes, for those who are involved in prayer group leadership or uh, maybe a covenant community or maybe a ministry that was birthed out of the fire of renewal, the fellowship that will come and the grace of praying in unity and taking action in unity, praying with and for each other, uh, we it is mysterious, it is glorious, and so we enter into that with expectant faith, but also with the great weight of the glory and the grace of one who has gone before us uh, with his mysterious nine-year novena that was birthed out of a national leaders' meeting. Amen. You know, Alicia, as you were describing that, I was just reflecting on our soft announcement uh, at the Jesus 2023 conference a few weeks ago in Kansas City. And uh, after we made that announcement, people were coming up to me in, in the hall. Uh, they were texting me. They, uh, they, they were pulling me aside. And, and they wanted to talk about this. Uh, of everything that was going on at the conference, this is the one thing that they really wanted to talk about. Yeah, you could see hearts were on fire. They're saying, how can we help? Um, you know, let us know. Uh, we we want to be part of this. And and this was not only um, Catholic charismatic renewal groups. That this was some of our ecumenical friends that were there, uh, and and um, Pentecostal churches, etc. And and they wanted to be part of this. And uh, novena may be a strange word to them, uh, 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 but at, at the same time, they saw uh, that this was a work of the Holy Spirit, and they wanted to be part of it. And it was just uh, uh, very exciting to have everybody together dreaming already mm -hmm. uh, about this. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a glorious invitation to dream with our Heavenly Father and know that no dream is too big. Um, we want to invite all of you who are joining us to go to PentecostTodayUSA.org slash HS2033. There you can subscribe to receive prayers, to receive invitations to Jericho marches, and we'll explain that at a future episode, to these beautiful fellowship groups to all of the preparation, even just sharing this with family, friends, with your prayer group, with your covenant community, um, to begin the journey at Pentecost in 2024. Um, and so, Ron, to close out, we want to invite you to, to pray now, even as we share this announcement and invitation, to pray for, for all those who will enter into this nine-year novena pilgrimage together. Okay, thank you, Alicia. You know, I, I, I'm just thinking uh, before praying that uh, the Holy Spirit is always doing something new. And, uh, and it, it's the Holy Spirit's desire for a new and ongoing Pentecost. He doesn't want our faith to become stale and, and we just do things the old way that we've done them and not be open to the new ways. And, and, and I'm just so excited about uh, us opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit in, the, in this new way with this expectant faith because Pentecost uh, is ongoing. So, Lord, thank you, Lord. Holy God, we praise you. We worship you. We thank Lord. you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your inspiration at this time to 
bring the renewal together in a new way to be able to fulfill that vision and fulfill, fulfill that mission that you have called us to, uh, to bring baptism of the Holy Spirit to the whole church. Lord, you, um, we're so delighted that we're able to be participating in this and, and to uh, witness what you are doing in the hearts of people and, and building the kingdom and, and at a time when it, it seems like there's so little hope and the world seems so dark, and yet uh, you bring great light. So we, we pray for all of those that are, are joining us in this vision uh, to, uh, with expectant faith, of 2033 and how the church will be built up during this period of time, how there'll be unity in the body of Christ, how people will be able to proclaim Jesus is Lord. Lord, we thank you that uh, the church has asked us, asked the renewal to bring baptism of the Holy Spirit to the whole church. One incredible commission, Lord, that you have blessed us with, and yet you would not have given us that commission without giving us the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill uh, this vision. So, Lord, we we surrender ourselves to you. We, we we pray for docility. We pray for humility, that we are open to how you are guiding us. And, Lord, we ask that you tear down all the walls that may exist between uh, renewal organizations or renewal organizations of the church uh, so that there will be a new and ongoing Pentecost. We pray for for all the leadership uh, within Pentecost today as they step forward in this bold move to invite others into this current of grace and into this vision and mission. Lord, we, we thank you for this moment. We, we sense that we were created for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord lift this up in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Ron. Alicia, thank you very much. As always, I want to thank our engineer, Joe Hale, here at Robert Marsh University. And for all of our listeners, thank you for your time. And as always, please go check out our website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. Learn more about the uh, organization. And uh, again, once again, I want to thank you very much. Mm-hmm.